Hello, and welcome back to the Last Man Podcast, where we are bringing back authentic masculinity. Today, I have a great guest. I've been waiting to have him on, Mr. Jason Hazelton. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Keisha? So happy. Um, just talk to the audience really quick. It's been a while since I've recorded. Um, I've talked to a few of my viewers, and they're saying, man, where have you been? Um, you need to be more consistent. And I've been going through a lot. You know, like doing this is not easy because it's not just my schedule. If I was just going to monologue for an hour every week, it would be easy for me to fit that in. But when you're inviting people and these are men, so like they got stuff to do. They're not a bunch of soft liberal boys sitting on their couch playing video games like they have families. So I'm excited to introduce you to my new guest. Um, Whenever I was thinking about having the podcast, you were one of the first people that I wanted to have. I remember just compiling a list of names and yours was like at the very top of the list. So thank you for coming. Well, thank you. It's flattering too. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, where do we start? Where are you from? Um, grew up. I've been in North Carolina pretty much since 2003. Um, with a little stint where I went out to Arizona, but before that I grew up in upstate New York. So Mm -hmm. about, a stone, a stone's throw away from Canada. Um, about as close you could get to being up there without being in Canada. Yeah. yeah. So you're Canadian. Uh, no. Not quite. No. <laughs> I think when I talk about some liberals, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you have a family. I do. Yep. Two wonderful daughters that are, one is, my oldest is almost 16. She's actually driving right now. That's scary. So that's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then my youngest is 14, and I have a wonderful wife that I've been married to for 17 years. So, and what's her name? Stephanie. Stephanie. I got yeah. to meet her. You know, what's funny was um, she is everything I expected her to be. So, like, just knowing you, I was mm-hmm. like, he, his wife's got to be a badass. Like, she has to. And then I met her. I was like, yup, wouldn't mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She can be definitely uh, very stubborn, but uh, very compassionate at the same time. And, yeah, I think God blessed me very much when I got a chance to meet her and then she became my wife. So how many years did you say you've been married? Seventeen. Seventeen. That's a yeah. good while. Yeah. What is the secret? Uh putting God first. That's right. Uh I would, I would expect you to say literally nothing <laughs> less. <laughs> I would say that, but um even with that, there's a there's a commitment part to that, like the dying to self even more so. Like, yeah, God first is the right thing, but um I would argue that we don't always um, put God first, and even though He still honors that um, commitment when we're committed to each other, because um, there was there was along the walk, I wouldn't say that He was number one in our life together, mm-hmm. um, off and on, or especially at the beginning. But yeah, every time I speak to you and ask you like, what um, what are you doing? What are you looking forward to doing in the next couple months or whatever? You always say, I'm spending time with my family. Very true. Like every single time. Yep. It never fails. That's one thing I appreciate about you. Yeah. As I'm like, dang, whenever I grow up, I want to be like you in that way. Yeah. I was uh, spending time with my family actually was a big decision as to why I retired from the military when I did. Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh, service. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it was my youngest daughter's schoolwork was uh, going to going to crap. She wasn't doing well with reading. This is young. Uh, she was like, I think third grade. And um she was just having a hard time, like not really keeping up with the 
with what the standard was for here in the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been gone. I would be home for six months. But even in that time that I was home, I was I was here in the United States, right? But um, not always home because I was gone doing other things, getting ready to leave again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just time, right? Like I said, um, they're, I want them to be there, right? Uh, always. Uh, something that more than one person have said this to me, but I think the one that, that stuck them out the most was um, one of the things that I, I, I was doing out gotten a chance to do things as a singleton mm-hmm. or out doing some, some things for the military by myself, um, working through embassies and other things like that. Um, there was an individual with one of the, one of the agencies that I, I got a chance to work with. And he specifically says like, Hey, this stuff will go away. Um, uh, but, uh, like, is he, he doesn't hardly know his two daughters. Last time he spent time with any of his daughters, um, was at the youngest marriage, which was had that time was like 10 years, you mm-hmm. know, prior. And uh, he's divorced because he was married to his job. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he was committed to that job. Um, good on him. But like I said, all this stuff, like it's a job. Yeah. Um, it kind of comes into priority. Um, even, even, even as we serve in the church or serving and growing other men, all of those things, those are after your family. Um, they're actually that in that hierarchy, right? That's your relationship with God shortly behind you and your wife, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's your one. Um, and then your children after that, like even you have to prioritize your wife above your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your wife will probably will not look at it that way. Um, cause they're geared different, right? They're geared toward caring for, but that is our job. Like we're one. Um, and then leading that family, both our, our relationship. Um, and we can talk about leadership and what that looks like later on, but, um, yeah. And then, then your family after that, and then all of the other responsibilities, which to be honest with you, the job, a job to provide for your family comes first before even serving in the church or serving other people, Mm, all that stuff too. So, um, we can just stay there for a second. What's the. What's the hardest part of marriage and what's the funnest part? I try not to say the best and the worst because right. that's not a, that's not the right way to look at it from yep. a Christian perspective. What's the mm-hmm. hardest part and maybe some insight into like how to deal with it. Right. And then what's like the funnest part, most enjoyable part and how to keep that. Yeah. Um, hardest, I would say definitely when you first start out after the, the, or the honeymoon phase is worn off, right? When you're, you're not in love or lust love, right? Mm-hmm. At the time. Infatuation. And exactly. Um, when that's worn off and really it's when we, when the rubber meets the road and you actually realize like, right, I don't like these things about this individual, right? Um, or my wife in this case. And it's really just dying to yourself because like I said, Christ tells us to do that through Paul in, in Philippians, or um, in Ephesians rather. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the things is probably one of the only places in the Bible where we are to die as men, we are called to die to ourselves. Like Christ died for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for our wives. Right. And it's dying to yourself. Like, cause we're as, as a man, that's a, a manly man. Like, Hey, I, I get, I want what I want and I want to like, it's this way and all of these things. It's being able to die to yourself, which it's hard at first, but I think it becomes easier as, especially when you incorporate, 
or look at it from a lens of like, hey, how does Christ love my wife? I need to love her the same way. Can I stop you really quick? Yep. I hate to interrupt because it's so good what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing, our audience is mixed. Okay. It's mixed as in like cultures, ethnicities, all yeah. stuff, but it's also mixed male to female. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a pretty good portion of non-Christian okay. listeners. Yeah. So yeah. what you just said, it won't be any different. If you yeah. can, can you change the language a little bit to make it a little bit more digestible for people yeah. that aren't yep. in the same faith? Group? So yeah, if you're not, not believing in the same exact way that I was just speaking, um, I would argue it would be this way that um, still saying the same word of dying to your, your mm -hmm. own desires so that you can love, show your wife how much she's important, mm -hmm. right? How much she is loved mm -hmm. um, is in the long run. I can either think about myself or I can think about my wife, right? Um, from a selfish perspective, like when we are thinking about ourselves, um, we don't, we don't, there's, why are you married, right? Mm -hmm. What's the point? Um, because it's, you're supposed to be, it's, you're doing this thing together, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's a, it is a give and take, right? Um, from a, a wife's perspective, she should want to, to die to her desires to love and show love and affection to her husband. Um, and does that mean like, Hey, there's both of us are only doing 50%. No, it's really it's us attempting to give a hundred percent, both mm -hmm. of us. Right. So it's really the 200% thing. That's awesome. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, and the heart, uh, so that's the hardest thing. And I think you kind of touched on them just so I can make sure I'm mm -hmm. tracking with you. Um, the way to do that, like the way to make it through, dying to yourself is through Christ's example. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even if you don't agree with the same faith group, yeah. if you just look at the man, like historically the man that is Christ, he, he literally gave his life for us. Mm -hmm. So we should be on that to do that for other people. Yeah. That's good. And, and what's the, the most enjoyable part of marriage? Cause you, you yeah. thoroughly enjoy marriage. Well, like I, I, I watch yeah, you yeah. from afar, you know, I yeah. see you at church is the main place I see you, but yeah, I've seen you out and about, like we ran yeah. into each other. You, you walked by the Mexican restaurant, yeah, and I'm just like, that dude loves his family. A lot of a lot of husbands, mainly non-Christian husbands, let's mm -hmm. be honest, but a lot of husbands just don't enjoy their family, and that's so sad. Yeah, but you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it has to do with faith, and right, and and that's a um, it affects everything that I do, mm -hmm. or like most people do, but take that out for a second, especially spending time, right? Cause there's fleeting time, especially with your kids, right? Mm -hmm. My daughters, like, so my daughters are, you know, in high school, both of them, one's a, one's a sophomore, one's a freshman. Um, it won't be that long, probably five years and they'll be at least in college and, and doing adults. their own thing and mm -hmm. adult, adult adults, crazy. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, five years, my youngest will be 19. Um, so then it, then it's like so in the same token like um <clears throat> i would say that enjoying my the time with my wife too like all of that like we date we date still mm -hmm. um we, we put aside time to um go out on dates and i actually date my daughters as well mm -hmm. how uh, often i try to do it on their birthday day mm -hmm. so it doesn't always happen out but so we try to do it at least once a month on that day um, got you like i said haven't been as consistent as I should. Uh, I actually learned that from another individual that I was doing some training with in the military. Mm -hmm. um, he said, came up with that same thing. He's like, hey, 
because of the fact that we're gone so much that you can't miss those opportunities. And it's, you know, even outside of the military, we still should do that anyway. Mm -hmm. Like there should be an individual relationship with each of your kids. Um, not necessarily being, um, their friend, because it's not that you're their parent, you're their dad in this case. Right. Um, but, uh, you still have to have develop a relationship with them. Like, so they can be, understand what, what a man is supposed to be in their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with two daughters. Right. Um, I want to try and be that example for them through, um, how I treat their mom, right. My wife, and then just how I interact with them and treat them as well. Um, it shouldn't, shouldn't just be like, Oh, this is, he treated women, you know, but I'm just a kid. So I'm treated that way. No, certain same way that kids grow up when you give them a responsibility, when you treat them like an adult in phases, they will become more and more like an adult. Yeah. Something that my dad, like you're reminding me of what my dad taught us, um, is that people will only grow to like the bar that you set for them. Mm -hmm. So if the bar is low, they're only going to, they're going to hit that ceiling. Yeah. Not because they can't go past it because they don't know that they can. Um, and that's really cool that you're saying that. And I hope that the listeners, cause I know, I know a lot of our listeners and, um, they have daughters and I can tell that some of them don't know what they're doing which mm -hmm. makes sense. Like we talk about on the podcast, like one yeah. of our core like beliefs is you don't need to be quote unquote complete today, but you need to be growing 1% every day. Yeah. And so like what you just said, I think is really good for a lot of the guys to hear. Just treat, treat your daughter, how she's, how she should be treated mm -hmm. in the future. Yep. Um, I know I gave you a bunch of prompts and like questions of like what we can could talk about, mm -hmm. but I really just do that um, before the show, just in case I don't have any questions. Right. So we probably won't even go into any of that stuff. That's Is that okay. cool? Yep. Um, I knew in my heart that we would be talking about family. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you're a good person to ask about this because I think because your time in the military and like because of the circles of the people in our community, a lot of them are military, uh, especially the guys that have been in for a long time and then got out, y'all have a totally different appreciation for what war is, mm -hmm. what peace is, yeah. what family, what friendship, like you guys have a true understanding of what that means. And I'd seek to glean from that and hopefully the listeners can too. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next question, I guess, cause we talked a little bit about marriage, um, and you gave us really the keys to success. You didn't tell us anything new, mm -hmm. which is good. You know, like the the guests that we have come on and talk you guys all have the same voice you know the same message um we also have a lot of uh listeners that are single men like mm -hmm. in my position really right. somewhere in their let's say early 20s to early 30s um just trying to figure out family life from a single perspective right. does that make sense mm -hmm. so just to give more context for our listeners for me um, you guys have probably heard my dad on the podcast and I was not raised. I was trained, you know, like the Bible says to train up your children in the way they should go, not raise them. And I was trained to have the mindset of prepare for where you're going. So for me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get married. Let me ask as many well-versed husbands, what it means to be a husband, you know, and you gave, you gave context, die to yourself and enjoy them basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like that just, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. So I guess my next question would be like, what, what did, 
advice would you give somebody in the single slash dating phase? My dad says, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate saying this and knowing that women will hear it, but it's just the truth. He's like, when you're looking for a spouse, you want to uh, look under rocks, flip rocks and shake trees. Like you're just looking for that spouse all the time. What would you say is the best method? Just give me some insight into that. Um, from a faith-based perspective, pray, mm-hmm. right? Uh, pray for your spouse or your future spouse and that God would raise her up and bring her into your um, your circle of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she may already be there, may not, who knows? But um, I wouldn't chase after it, right? Like I didn't, I actually wasn't at the time. I was you know, focused on, I was mid, well, not mid-career. I was a little earlier in the career um, at the time. Um, few years in, in, in the military. And I really wasn't chasing down like, Hey, yeah, I want to get married. I want to settle down. I actually wanted to wait a little while, mm-hmm. um, which ended up happening that way. But as far as don't be eager, like to the point where I have to like, Oh my gosh, my time's ticking. Like we always hear it from a perspective of, a woman's biological clock is ticking, but men, men do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though we don't have the same problem. No, we don't. Uh, but from a mental perspective, like, Hey, I don't want to be, I mean, I know I didn't want to be, you know, 70 years old and my kids coming through college, you know, mm-hmm. um, or just finishing high school. I mean, it's, I want to enjoy the latter half of my life. Right. Um, not that I'm young, but um, my kids will be, out of in out of high school before well right after a little after 50 right um which is still a little later than a lot of people they start early but um i would say just be patient mm-hmm. um and pray like it'll it'll happen right you'll know you'll it'll start clicking and then in the dating part of that um treat her just like you would treat a wife, right? With, with the exception, obviously, there's we're not you're not going to jump into to sex and all of mm-hmm. that good stuff. But and be patient with that. Like I said, we <laughs> as humans, we have all of these desires. There's physical desires, right? And it's hard sometimes to resist that. Mm-hmm. Um, so setting boundaries early once you're in the dating field of that, right? Like, hey, this is where we want to be, and then. Um, I'll go back to the faith-based pieces of that and like, Hey, we're going to set even early on, right. From the get go, like one, as a Christian man, you should be looking for a Christian and I'd say Christian, like a disciple, a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because as we've heard in the past, right. That those two words are not necessarily, um, the same thing, yeah. especially in Western civilization. Um, in fact, if you look in the Bible, a uh, disciple was used 269 times in the New Testament. Christian was used three times mm-hmm. um, for a reason, um, because we're supposed to be followers. But in that same token, I, I should rate, I should help uh, disciple my wife or wife-to-be mm-hmm. to grow into that next stage of when and if you get married, hey, you're going to become one, right? And there's different roles in there. But even practicing them before, not lower, because you don't lord over your mm-hmm. wife, but um, there's an authority. There's a, when I say authority, there's a, a responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, I guess the best way to look at the authority piece of that, when we look at that, is like 
um, as a commander of any military action or any leader for that matter, even in, in the CEO world or wherever to be like a good leader will recognize the fact that they're responsible for every failure or success. But really the success was the fact that you led your team. Mm -hmm. Um, the failures is like you chose decisions that allowed the team to fail. Yeah. Um, and that same thing applies to your marriage or to even, even in the dating realm of that, like, Hey, let's set boundaries. Let's, let's do devotion time together. Let's build time to get to know one another and not rush to failure. Right. Let me jump in really quick. Just so like I can kind of put a bow on what you said before I go to the next question. Um, I really like what you said about setting boundaries and I have a lot of guys cause I'm a, I'm a pastor, you're a pastor mm-hmm. and like people come and they have these questions that are like, they're very, they really want to know the practical cause yeah. you, you gave all of the theory and yeah. that's what the Bible does. Right. It doesn't always give yeah. you the practical, practical. stuff. Yeah. Um, and I could just say to some guys that are listening and, and to the girls too, to be looking for this in someone mm-hmm. and you can do the same exact thing when it comes to setting boundaries, we're not going to hang out past, sundown alone yep we're not gonna uh I, I, people are like really weird about the kissing thing i would say just wait it can't hurt you yeah just wait till you're engaged mm-hmm. at least um what is it you're not gonna have sex that needs to be yeah. a hard stop yeah and if you're a christian or not statistically couples that have sex before marriage are a lot more likely to get separated or divorced when they get married um a lot less pleasurable sex Mm-hmm. And then couples that live together before they're married have like a much higher divorce rate, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's just like practical mm-hmm. boundaries. And I think that's really good. And then I really like what you said about, you know, basically stewarding your own relationship, like being hands on, I guess yep. would be a good way to put that. Yeah. Um, just saying things like we're going to, we're going to push each other towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like the responsibility is mainly on the man because yep. like you're responsible, like you said, and then, um, and doing that devotional time. So for me, like now I'm seeking counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's really, really, really hard to invite anyone into my prayer life. Right. This is the most intimate portion of my life, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I'm not sleeping around. I don't have sex with girls. Like I, that's not yeah. something I do. And so like the most intimate place in my entire life is my time in the morning that you actually told me, I think the best time that you should spend with the Lord is right when you wake up. Like you told me that months Mm -hmm. ago and I've been doing it. And, um, that's so intimate inviting anyone like my dad, my friends, my mom into my prayer life is so hard. How do I guard my heart and still invite a young lady into that time? So I would say, because looking at it from before we even get to the young lady, and you, okay. Um, even look at it from a um, a prayer team, or even like when when people gather to pray, mm-hmm. to intercede, or there's different levels of prayer, different types of prayer, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can still become like tight knit in that stuff, and still have relationship with God and others, right? And still have that. Now let's shift that over to a more intimate thing. They were talking about, cause like I said, like tomorrow morning, right? I'm going to be at six o'clock. I've been doing it for the last two years mm-hmm. with almost out missing a, a Wednesday mm-hmm. where we meet first thing in the morning. We usually do some type of worship, um, or we model that our prayer time after 
the Lord's Prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, of mm-hmm. reverence to God, said, recognizing, hey, it's not me, it's him. Your will be done, not mine. Your kingdom come, all of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? And then getting into the practicals of praying, right? Um, and sometimes it's praying uh, the scripture and and praying into things that are going on. And you can do the same thing uh, with each other. I guess an even better person to ask about how they applied it, but they applied it when they were married, not not after or before, mm-hmm. um, was uh, Jerry Daly, right? He's been doing it for longer than I've been alive, mm-hmm. um, he and his wife. Right? They, they established that time. But you can still take that same model um, where do they do separate times, but then they come together and talk. Um, other, like uh, Pastor Ryan here at Grace Church, um, he, we talked about that offline before, before we did the um, – we kind of had the four of us do the, the um, we did a little panel for Father's mm-hmm, Day. We're like, mm-hmm. hey, what's it like about, and talked about manhood. Um, one of the things there is his is a little different. Like he and his wife will definitely, like they share with each other afterwards. And then they pray about that, mm-hmm. right? So there's individual time. And they bring it together and then talk about that and then pray into it. So there's some separate time because they're same way that you have your relationship with God first. Like I do the same thing with my wife right now. Like, um, we will pray together. I usually pray together with her only for a short time, but in the morning after mm-hmm. I've already set my tone. Right. Yeah. First thing is me. Cause I can't, I cannot be the steward of my family and my relationship with my wife, unless my relationship with God is right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't have to be that you invite her into your intimate time, mm-hmm. but you can share things out of that intimate okay. time. And pray about um, it. And then pray about it gotcha. and pray, to pray together. She, she, she should have her own intimate time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because we will learn from each other that way. Uh, just same way that we, like when you share with others about things that God has um, laid on your heart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you speak as a, pa- like as a, in a pastoral role, how often is it that you are speaking out of things that God has put on your heart for your time? Every time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I never thought about yeah. it like that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. But that's what you're sharing. You're just sharing that, but now you're just praying into that more. Mm-hmm. It's no different. Um, you're just, you're being intimate with one individual, which you can get even more intimate than with a congregation, gotcha. if you will. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have to think about that and just pray into it. Yeah. Cause I, I, um, I try not to share too much of my personal life on here, but I feel like it's going to be good for anyone that's listening. Mm -hmm. So there's young ladies in my circle, Mm -hmm. I guess is a good way to say it that I see. And I'm like, Oh, that would be a great, my dad says it in the funniest way possible. Potential mate. That's, (laughs) you know, he's just weird that way. Mm -hmm. But like, I I see that and I'm like, okay, this girl, a girl Mm -hmm. has these things and B girl has these things and C girl has these things and our young lady. And, I'm looking at them as like a potential spouse. And then I enter into that, like, I don't want to say dating, maybe like courting or just intentionality phase. Mm -hmm. And I'm like always tripping over myself and like, how much do I open up now? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I'm always kind of like tripping over that idea in relationships, not only with romantic relationships, but with my friends too. Right. But um, I was asking specifically about that. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? It's a great question. Um, I would say, because it's a little bit different each time, right? With mm-hmm. each, um, your relationship with the with that young woman mm-hmm. um, will be different each time. Um, 
hopefully not too many, right? But uh, amen. Yeah, but the <laughs> uh, but still, even even being atten- intentional about things, um, I would pray into some of that, like, hey, especially if it's something that you are struggling with, opening up about, or like, God, how should I do this? Ask God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then others as well too, like, hey, you can find a confidant with there's that your dad or someone that you trust and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling like. And, and then go into that, but be specific with like You have to be able to talk to somebody that you are able to be open about with them mm-hmm. so that they can give you advice on that. Right. Um, but it's gonna be different each time. Yeah. Um, not to get into the specifics of some of the things that I did, but, um, and those relationships, right. Even with other people to influence people to do things for, you know, the U S cause or a greater cause, um, you have to do some things where you develop a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point you have to be forthright about like, Hey, I'm here and I have another intention. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's kind of similar in that fact, um, where I have to like, Hey, how do I go about opening this up? Um, is it, how does it fit into that other person's agenda? Right. Um, not that that's the best way to go about things, but like, to be able to read that person. Right. And, and that's only comes with practice and time mm-hmm. and spending time like, Hey God, open up my ability, especially when it comes to your relationship with a, with a young lady, um, like God, open up my ability to listen to you and know when to say, cause the prompting is no different. Right. Yep. Um, from my, like when you talk about from a Christian perspective, which we're, we're gearing toward, right. Mm-hmm. Um, as an individual that would be outside of that, I would I would argue like, hey, before you go and chase after a woman, although we all love that, to do that, right? As a man, um, put a priority first to being that you have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? Um, it'll be so much better. Yeah, right? that's good. Uh, so hopefully that that clears things up yeah. a little bit. I mean, um, it's it all goes back to like the theory. Yeah, and it's funny because like leading people. And I'm, I'm still learning how to lead people all the yeah. time. Like you get a new person in your flock, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and it just changes everything. Now you're yeah. like trying to learn all this new stuff, but that's really good. Yeah. Um, so your daughters are 16, you said? Almost. She's, uh, my oldest is 15. She'll be 16 in December. Okay. And then a 14 year old. Yeah. yeah. So you've got maybe like, let's say four more years till they start dating. Let's say yeah. seriously, yeah. Yeah. I guess you yeah. could say. Um, how do you prepare for that now? And what do you expect from the young, hopefully gentleman that comes, you know, not just a, some dude, a yeah. gentleman. Yeah. Like, what do you expect from them? Um, well, first, first question I'll answer, uh, will be, how do you prepare now? I think praying for that same thing, like God bring it from a Christian perspective, like, Hey, bring God, bring a godly man into my daughter's life every question i ask you you're gonna say pray and then you're gonna answer that's right well it's true though (laughs) like to be honest with you because everything that we do whether Mm -hmm. that's whether it's raising children or leading children you know all of those things whatever you however you want to label that um or training children right Mm -hmm. it's that whether it's that how i lead somebody how i relate to my wife how i even engage with or who i should engage with during the day yeah i mean even choosing of, of, you know, vocations and all that, that thing. Like, it's not this huge thing. Like, cause we can get into that later on about like, Hey, maybe, um, as far as 
where work falls into all mm-hmm. this stuff. But like going back to like my kids, one, I pray over them every day, no matter what. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a, there's a spiritual protection that happens. Um, and praying into things that they're having struggles with right now, mm-hmm. or and like, Hey God, raise these, like break these things or show, like open up their hearts. And then also the same thing, like they're for their future. Like God, open up doors and bring a godly man into their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other part of that is being the example of that for them mm-hmm. or attempting to be, because I would argue that I'm not the best. Right. I don't think anybody is the best. Right. Somebody's um, got to be the best out well, there. Well, there's got to be at least one dude. Christ. Yeah. Amen. But yeah. first, but, it, but we all mess up. Right. So mm-hmm. we all get frustrated. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. But understand, like, hey, that was wrong. Addressing that and being honest with them and saying, yeah. setting an example of what, what, even in the times when you mess up, of whether it's messed up because you had an argument in front of them with your wife or, even, you know, losing your cool with them or whatever that is, but owning, going back to like being a responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Owning my mistakes and my successes, but being able to say, Hey, my success is because of you guys, because of these things. But, and and often it should be because of, Hey, because of God, because really that's what the end of the day, that's what all about. Now, as far as what I expect out of somebody that's going to come before you get into that, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say, that's really good. What you said about, um, you know, setting the example. And I something just clicked in my head that um a lot of dads they don't they don't know how to just say they were wrong mm-hmm. and, and like work through the process of saying like, hey, I was wrong. Like this is why yeah. I'm a human too, blah, blah, blah. And the reason like I knew that, but it clicked in my head that like these these young ladies will grow up. Let's say you never did that. They'll grow up thinking that like men are supposed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have this unrealistic standard of what a man is. And like now you find a lot of women my age that are just bitter because like no man meets their standard. But it's like if their dad would have been like, hey, I messed up here and here and here, they would have a lot more grace for like a man. And same thing for mothers too. like have a lot more grace for that potential spouse. Mm -hmm. But that's really good. And the other thing that you're going to answer about like what do you expect from these young gentlemen that will come? Yes. (laughs) Um I've been patient about that. Like, um, cause not too many suitors have tried to call, right. Even early in this early age. If- Wait one second. Yeah. L- let me tell the people what you look like because that will help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how tall are you? Um, five ten. You're five ten. Yeah. So Jason's five ten and like burly, like your, your idea <laughs> of what a lumberjack would look like. You got a bald head and like yeah. an amazing beard <laughs> with like the gray in the middle. So like this dude looks like, man, I don't want to mess with his daughters. Like you just have that vibe. So I'm sure that aids in it. And then your wife's scary on top of that. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Yeah. Still scary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine that would be one of the things that deters them. I haven't met your daughters. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I have at church, but I don't know yeah. if I did. You probably have, but um, they're they're, they're a little soft-spoken to begin with, which is, well, that's okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like going back to what I would expect out of a young man, um, one, I actually, I, I would have to say this is something that my youngest daughter has already said that she's like, there's one of the things that she's looking for is like one, he is a believer. That's right. right. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the age of 14, uh, my older daughter still really hasn't super interested in, in, you know, a relationship period. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which is awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And they both are that way. In fact, um, there's a young man. 
that was calling or like so it was interested in my youngest daughter but she's like oh, how do i tell him i'm not interested uh -huh. right you just she say, didn't she, hey no yeah yeah and he was he was actually really good about it right um and so but yet yeah we haven't had to deal with anybody coming over like hey i want to go meet you mm -hmm. know um but i would i would say that yes yeah, first thing it have to be you know a believer right mm -hmm. um and then two like you said they, those those rules that are established are going to be followed mm -hmm. right the, oh yeah going to be the, when you said that i was like dang <laughs> yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah and then and you know i have no problem with bringing them along doing double dates with like my mm -hmm. wife and and those kids and the kids at the time or whatever i think that's a great idea uh, to some degree mm -hmm. right you don't want to encroach upon but at the same time like hey you guys can do things together and you can see what a, a correct mm -hmm. example should be like right? and and just to know and i feel like this is something i ran to when i was i started dating at 18. Mm -hmm. i really was i was interested in girls like the whole time in high right. school but i just knew we are all idiots. Like I just knew that when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. Um, when I started dating, I think the I dated four girls, four young ladies, mm -hmm. and they all they're all amazing, and I hope they're doing well. Um, one of the things that I ran into with all of them was that their dads weren't around. Like that's not something I look for in right. a woman. Like I really want somebody with like a whole family, but like um, their dads weren't around, or if they were around, they're kind of passive. And I, I think the relationships, not that they would have ended with us being together, but would have been better. And I would have grew more if I would have had a dad just being there right? for me to like converse with and learn from and talk to. Um, and I think that's awesome. Just like the ministry of presence, mm. you know, like you're being available. Yeah. Um, you said these are the ground rules, like they will be followed. Yeah. Well, what are some ground rules that you will have? Um, like I said, limitations of when they're going to call like said, we're not calling and talking all that long which mm -hmm. is not happening kind of like almost the same things that you talked about even as far as um spending time together like hey there's no reason for them to be out after dark just mm -hmm. driving around carousing do whatever is it just it lends too much temptation but it, it makes so much room for temptation mm -hmm. in there right and the things that we don't need to put ourselves in that situation or yeah. or kids in that situation you know um I think that would be the, one of the big ones. Um, he'd probably have to come over. Like he would spend some time. There'd be a lot of time spent at the house. That's right. Because um, if you think about it, even from a biblical perspective of that, mm -hmm. um, you leave your family as a man and you cling to your wife, right? Mm -hmm. But you end up being part of their family. Um, yes, my wife is you know my parents have gained a daughter mm -hmm. right and my wife but as a man we leave the, our family right and before then you're actually supposed to be part of a or some type of family function with mm -hmm. that with your family to some degree um but we leave to go there right? so I even want to see that starting there like just i want to see what he's like right mm -hmm. um and then also be able to influence him um if need be the way you said influence was scary. I wish you guys could see his face. I'm going to influence him to do the right thing. But no, that makes sense, though. And like like I said, I wish I had that. Right. One thing that um, I really appreciate about my dad mm -hmm. is that, because everybody knows that listens to the podcast, I have the highest opinion. You know this. I have the highest opinion of my dad. And um, 
one thing I appreciate about him is he taught me as well. Like you don't have sons, but taught me to look out for my sister. Mm-hmm. And I tell people like, uh, and I told my sister this, like my sister can date whoever she wants, but not anybody can date her. You know, she can, she can like you. She can have all the, the great things to say about you and the feelings, but no, mm-hmm. like you're, you're a rascal. Like good. I will be putting a stop to this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, I think that, I think that there's something to be said just about like a strong male presence that will just keep you in check. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know myself, like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect and haven't been in relation, been perfect in relationships. And I feel like in, in the past relationship I've had, I wish that I would have strong men around just to keep me from being stupid. Right. Just straight up, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's really good, really good insight. And hopefully like the guys that are listening will will pick up on what you're what you're putting down because you're actually using very few words to say a whole lot <laughs> as you tend to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Is there anything else you want to add? Like just to the is there anything that you want me to know about this topic that I haven't asked about? Hmm. Me or any any young man? Um know that like even even guys that grow up and are now, you know, strong in the Christian faith mm-hmm. and all of that, like we weren't always perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I I would argue to say that, like I said, um, some have sown many of bad oats, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And just and just went off and did whatever. Um, I was one of them at one point. Uh, but no matter what, even what your past has been, um, that you can start afresh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't hold yourself down because like, Hey, something that you've messed up in the past or something that you're like, not in your case, but in some of the listeners, like if your parent, your dad wasn't there or that example wasn't there, it doesn't mean that you have an excuse mm-hmm. um, to be the wrong. Yeah. Um, you need to seek out what right looks like, get a mentor of some sort. Come on. We um, say that all the time on, <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. get a mentor. Yep. Um, fact that was one of the three things, like when you asked, the, you know, brought the question about like, hey, what's the three things that. Yeah, give us all three. Yeah. So one, a relationship with God. Two, at least one live mentor. And and I would say a Christian man in faith that you would want to, to emulate that in the past. He may still even be alive now, but someone that like established like a no kidding, like mm-hmm. a, a Charles Spurgeon or a, um, or, you know, a Jonathan Edwards, something like that. Like mm-hmm. someone that you could say like, oh, man. I would like to be like that, or even if a David or so on. That's cool. Um, and then the third thing I would say, which is just a practical thing, um, is just to have some type of pocket knife on you, right? Because it's a very yeah. useful tool. Um, so those are three things every man needs. I would say, yeah. So run yeah. through them one more yeah. time, just real quick, bang, bang, bang. Rel- relationship with God, mm-hmm. um, at least one live mentor and one one strong mentor from the past that you would want to emulate, and then a pocket knife. Yeah, some that's sort. good. Yeah. A pocket knife comes up a lot. Yeah. And I think that people would be surprised at how like much utility you get out of one. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel safer. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. not that it's going to stop a bullet, but yeah. you could cut a cheesecake or a guy. That's yeah. the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like I really like what you said about, um, you know, your mentor dead and alive, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from just to condense it a little bit. Uh you know Keith Keith Golightly? Yep, sure do. So he um he's on the podcast a bunch. Like I would even call him a co-host. Mm-hmm. And he says ODGs, old dead guys. <laughs> he loves to read the OG ODGs. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think um, one of my favorite 
favorites to somewhat emulate, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is probably Charles Spurgeon. I mean, if you look at his who, history, who was Charles Spurgeon for the people that don't yeah. know? So Charles Spurgeon was um, a very young, starting out. Um, uh, it was a Baptist preacher in the in England in the eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. um, but went from like a semester of seminary. He's he had some influences before his 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 uh, grandfather was. A preacher and all that stuff so it was kind of he did have some influence that way but he went from there to like pastoring a small church to probably leading one of the biggest mega churches mm-hmm. of not just that time but of almost all time yeah in only a couple of years he was probably 22 i think when that was happening like you know we're talking super like 16 young. super young it. yeah and he his and <laughs> there's so much more i, I won't even be able to, to mm-hmm. remember all of the things but he would preach up to 10 services or 10 times a week um his Sabbath day was on, on Wednesday. Right. So, um, with that, which was great, he would make time for his family Mm -hmm. in that. Um, his wife was part of him preparing some of his sermons and all that stuff too. Uh, he had two sons. His, his relaxed time was gardening. Ironically enough, he did a battle with depression and things like that, but, Mm -hmm. um, God worked through a whole lot of stuff with that. I think it was 66 orphanages he was managing. Um, I think it was somewhere in there. And then he established a... You're making me mad. Yeah. You're making me mad. <laughs> Why? Because I... <laughs> All right. Yeah. So just to cue you guys in, um, the, the audience, every once in a while, I'd like to do a sidebar because me and you can just talk and right. then we'll go right over their heads. So you lead... Um, you get to serve yeah. by leading in a ministry called 12th man ministries. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got to attend that. That's where we met, mm-hmm. um, like a year over way more than a year ago, a year and a half, at least, at least. Yeah. yeah. And, um, the reason I'm mad, I'm trying not to like <laughs> give too much information. The reason I'm mad is because like we lead in the same church yeah. in, in our community and it's one of the biggest ones. Um, and you're talking about this man of God that like, we we can agree, you and I, um, that nothing that we do compares to what Christ did on the cross. Yep. It, it does not even begin to compare. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you went to church nine days a week. Yeah, it's not going to compare. Um, but that being said, there is something there is something to be said about doing the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that it's if you desire to be a leader, you desire a good work. Yeah. So like there is some good work that you can be done. And you're talking about Charles Spurgeon, all that the great things that he did from a very young age. And it makes me upset because I look at men that claim to be Christians, quote unquote Christians, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And it's just they're they're Sunday, Wednesday Christians. Yeah. If that. Yeah. And it just pisses me off yeah, because it's like, yeah. where are all the like when I think about the the ODGs, the old dead guys that mm-hmm. we're talking about, like yeah. they were men yeah and then on top of that they were men of god mm-hmm. where it's like nowadays you look at these dudes it's like you're not even a man let alone a man of god yeah oh that pisses <laughs> me off <laughs> yep i think yeah um but i think to be honest with you the biggest part of that isn't this the man part like first it's a man of god then a man right mm-hmm. um because all of the the principles that would we would say that are that a man is or supposed to be, all of the leadership qualities, all of the 
um, ability to stand up, to be strong, to do all of these things, they all stem from things that we should have in our relationship that we learn from relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then being a, a strong follower of Christ. And as we emulate that, we would, we will then emulate the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause not every man has to be like, Hey, the great warrior. Right. Cause yeah. you have like David was an awesome warrior, but he was also um, a poet, a, poet, a musician. Mm-hmm. A, and he was, he was passive when he needed to be. He, he loved, um, he was he was passionate about God to the point where he's like, yeah, but Shiva, I don't care. You can tell me not to dance that way. I'm going to dance and be crazier even more so tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even that on top of that, like even before, like he was what he was he was um, a good steward of what he had when he was just a shepherd, mm-hmm. right? When he's like, hey, just to take care of the sheep. And he was the youngest. Yeah. Um, in that same token, you have Gideon who was hiding, right? But yeah, God called him out to do things. He did amazing things, and then went back into obscurity later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's different levels of that. But ov- overall, the first things, like if, if a man is willing to chase after God and put him first and say, hey, give me those things. Let me be, because we all have different leadership abilities and all of those qualities that are, they're given to us. We just don't use them mm-hmm. um, because we become so self-centered about like, oh man, I don't feel like getting off the couch today. I want to play video games because I can just be dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't have to exercise my brain. Well, I mean, look at look at the difference, right? Someone that plays a video game or sits and flips through their phone, mm-hmm. right? Which it was designed to just release endorphins that are just let mm-hmm. just numb you, know, you, numb you, or you can turn around and just take that stuff away. And here, here's a stack of books. Begin to read mm-hmm. and see what happens, right? A person that reads it doesn't even matter what you're reading, whether it's Christian, not Christian. Within, within reason, obviously, mm-hmm. don't put in garbage into you. But like if you want to learn and study things, do that that way, mm-hmm. right? Like great visual people learn from videos. That's that Those are additional tools. But when you sit down and you begin to actually study and put time into reading things, you grow. Mm-hmm. You know something? You, you just reminded me like in the every man needs, we've mm-hmm. had people say all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of the ones, I don't know who said it, but. Every man needs a hobby. Yeah. And um, for me, I, I read I read my Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't read a lot of self-help. I don't read a lot of, like, history. I know a lot of church history just from school, but right. I don't dive too deeply into it, which I will one day when mm-hmm. I'm old and have memorized <laughs> the Bible, and then I guess I'll learn history. <laughs> but um, something, something that I really think is important is, like, doing something with your hands as a man. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned video games. During COVID... I'm ashamed to say how much I play video games because mm. I was getting paid to stay home. Right. I was actively seeking to go back to work. Yeah. Like I was calling my boss. Hey, let me go back to work. Hey, let me go back to work. He's like, we literally can't take you. And I live by myself. I didn't have nothing to do. So I'm just, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. So I'm just sitting in my, my apartment by myself, playing video games, eating junk food, and touching myself. Like yeah. that's just, it was a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I moved back home and I, before I even moved back home, I cut out video games completely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just put it down one day. I'm the kind of person that like, I like to prove stuff to myself. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah, I think that's part of being a man too. Mm-hmm. But um, one day I put down the video game and I was like, yeah, I'm done with that for a while. And I haven't touched it in almost two years. Yeah. And I started like learning new skills. Like I started um, taking antique tools and restoring them. Mm-hmm. I learned the art of axemanship which is cutting wood, but it's not just 
slinging an axe around, you'll cut your leg off or whatever. But like learning the the craft that's been lost, mm-hmm. you know. And like I don't read the books, but I'll listen to a lot of people who right. who are really good at it. And what you're saying is so true. Just basically applying your mind mm-hmm. to something other than garbage. Yeah. Well, just it'll change your whole life as a man. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, someone listening picks that up yeah. and says, you know what? Like there is a lot of garbage in my life. You know, whether you want to pick up your Bible or pick up an axe, like pick something up that's mm-hmm. just not garbage for yeah. once in your life. Yeah. Productive, like all of those things are productive. Mm, you know? That's good. That's a good um, word. Yeah. A man produces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what we were supposed to do even in the garden, right? He said, hey, go rule over this. But part of that was like, hey, come up with, he produced, he told, he told, or God told Adam to name mm. everything, right? He produced a list of names, mm-hmm. you know? um cultivate yeah that's good yeah so we got about five more minutes okay um i feel like we covered so much ground in like 50 minutes or less Mm -hmm. um i'll just tell you what's on my mind i guess so i think about you often like we talk what once a month and it's in passing right but um i think about you often because you you every time i talk to you you were similar enough in our pursuit of Christ, obviously, but just pursuit of being like the complete mature man that it talks about in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And we're different enough to where I glean from you. It's like me and my dad were very, very similar. So right. it's hard to glean from him sometimes at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, there's something that you helped me a lot with was just tempering my emotions. Yeah, I'm not an emotional person, but when I feel emotion, they're very strong. Does that make sense? Yep. And I remember we were... Um, I think we were at some kind of like town event or whatever with with Ronnie and we were talking about like war mm-hmm. and you're, you're looking at me and you're like, not everybody has to be like that. And you said it with so much care and love. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. And this is like one of the most dangerous people on the whole planet telling me this. So like, <laughs> I probably should chill out, <laughs> but I really appreciate that. Like I genuinely think often, probably at least once a week, what would Jason say about this? And I've only talked to you a handful of times, but I can, I can guess what you're going to say because you have a very consistent list of things that you say, yeah. and that you've said like even tonight. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. That's flattering. Um, and I think like that's developed over time, man. Like said, the whole, I would argue that I haven't always been the the more keeled mm-hmm. even. Um, God's done a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I think as we take a pregnant pause, if you will, right, about things, especially when it comes to um, uh, emotions, right, because emotion, we can we can make decisions about on emotions, but usually they're wrong, right, um, mm-hmm. to some degree. Like they're they're usually based in some type of truth, but when I do what I feel like doing and what I'm supposed to do are used often two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they become married after a while, but I've, I've forced myself, I should force myself to, like I bring my emotions into check, right? Not let my emotions drive. Yeah, they I, don't rule you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You got 30 seconds to tell the people, mm-hmm. if, if this is the last thing you're going to tell them in 30 seconds with your last breath, what would you tell them? Other than seek God and his kingdom mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Other than that, just something really practical. Seek, I would even say that, yeah. Um, 
going back to the emotions thing, right? Don't let, I'll just like, I'll reiterate what I just last said. Mm -hmm. Um, Because emotions drive a lot of things. Like what I feel like when I eat, when all of these things, I want something. Don't want after the wrong thing. So choose to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. even when my emotions want me to do something else. That's really good. Well, man of God, I appreciate your time. Um, I feel like I can go back and listen to this for years to come and I'll get something new every time. That's how I feel every time I talk to you. Um, As Christians, we're called to be what's called uh, living letters. And you're truly that. And I'm saying this because I think uh, it's really important to read the book and do what it says. And it says to give honor where honor is due. And I want it to be like on the record forever for everyone to know um, whether your daughters listen to this one day or your grandchildren that they know that you are a man of God, that you read the book and you did what it says because you're a walking Bible. And I really appreciate that. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So to the audience, I hope that you guys got as much out of this, if not more than I did. Um, you know that I do this podcast so that I can grow and just take you guys along the journey. I'll never pretend to have it all down. Um, and and nor do my ho- my guests. Um, sorry for not posting often it's been a while but i will do my best to continue to be consistent um pray for me as i pray for you and remember to die on your feet before you live on your knees